What's going on, people? We are Tottenham TV back here for another match review for, for you guys today. We have beaten Crystal Palace by three goals to one yesterday at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Uh, we've got all the usual bits of content coming for you today. Player ratings, match review, five takeaways, reacts. Um, we'll get into the review first. We uh, had a bit of a different experience yesterday, we sitting did. in the H Club, not sitting uh, in the South Stand yesterday. And um, it's quite amazing, wasn't it? Yeah, I had an unbelievable day. Um, the, the 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 we were served very very well by, by the <laughs> Spurs staff, and um, having the uh, five course meal was incredible. They had just non-stop flowing alcohol. It was just it was a real unbelievable experience. You feeling uh, it today? A bit, maybe a bit. <laughs> uh, I don't remember what happened. Did we win? Yeah, uh, no, I'm, just, I'm joking. Um, but you know, it was really really amazing. And if you watch the vlog, you'll see what kind of an amazing experience it is. And we had the privilege. Luckily, we were invited by someone uh, who doesn't want to be named. He wants to be, uh, remain anonymous. But we were invited by them uh, to uh, join them in the H Club. And it was uh, a privilege to be there. It was really wonderful. It really was. And really nice touches as well from um, the club, bringing in legends and them greeting you. And at the end of mm. the game, wasn't it? Like Gary Mabbott came in to talk to us. Mickey Hazard came in to talk to Ozzy Ardiles as well. The original Tottenham Aussie. Um, yeah, the original Tottenham Aussie. And... Um, you know, we've even got um, an interview with James Madison. Obviously, we didn't interview him, but Paul Coit did for the whole uh, of the corporate kind of space. Uh, Cliff Jones singing, it's a grand old team to play for. It was just a really nice day yesterday, wasn't it? It was nice. We said hi to Paul Coit as well. Really lovely to see him. Um, we've, uh, you know, uh, seen him a few times over the years. We've gotten to know each other a bit. And uh, we saw Ben Haynes and Rob Daly after mm. the game as well, which was really, really nice. So it was just an all-round great day. Yeah, it really was. And we got and we three got points, yeah. uh, which was the main thing. Um, but look, let's get into the match review. There's a, a, been a lot said about the game, maybe at halftime, a lot of Spurs fans were a bit annoyed, a bit angry um, for not creating as many chances as we probably should have, which is true. I do think we didn't create anywhere near as, as much in the first half, maybe as we should have. We had that chance from Timo Werner when he goes around the keeper, doesn't score. But I think on reflection of the game, when you look at it, the whole 90 minutes, I think it was a pure domination job from minute one right until the end of the game. I think we completely dominated that game, didn't we? Yeah, and we obviously had a lot of the ball. I think that was the plan for Palace, you know, allow Tottenham to have possession, make sure they're playing the whole game in front of you and make sure that you're very well organised. Their back um, five was very much a back five instead of uh, three centre-backs and two wing-backs. Mitchell and uh, Munez, or nu uh, what's his name? Nunez, the uh, right-back. Um, Munoz, Munoz. Uh, he, they barely went forward. They barely adventured into our into our half. Um, when they did, they didn't look very comfortable. They looked much more comfortable when they were defending uh, in in their own uh, in their own half. Obviously, you had Lerma and Wharton sitting sitting in front though, back three as well. So you literally had a back five, and then also Eze and Ayu were tracking back the whole time. Pretty much a lot of the time, it was just Mateta up by himself. And he was causing us a bit of trouble. We remember Van de Ven um, looked like he picked up an injury in that first half, mm. dealing with Mateta a couple of times. He threatened on the counter, but obviously he didn't really fashion any sort of opportunities or anything like that. We were containing Palace pretty well, but going forward... It was really, really difficult to break them down. They were really restricting any sort of space we had in the centre. The only kind of chances we were able to make 
were from the transitions. Obviously, we had a transition from a corner, which Timo Werner had that chance you talked about where he went through one-on-one. With a beautiful pass, by the way, from Sonny to play him through on goal. And it's classic Werner when he has too much time to think about something. Um, he overthinks it and ends up missing the chance, which he did uh, yesterday. And then the other chance we had was... Um, well, kind of, uh, Basuma plays it forward to Madison. He plays out wide to Kulisevsky. He actually found Emerson in some good space, but Emerson wasn't able to pick out Son, but it was another kind of transitional moment. But when Palace were organised, when they were set in their defence, we had very little answer, to be honest. It was really difficult to kind of get any sort of opportunities in that first half. Yeah, and I think um, it was a case yesterday where... Like I said before, you know, at halftime, a lot of fans were frustrated with the way that we couldn't break down a Palace team. But with the way that they were set up, three three centre-backs on the pitch, basically a back four up uh, and then in the midfield, it was like a straight back, uh, midfield four. It was like incredibly difficult to break down a team with so many men. But what I liked about Spurs yesterday is that we kept going, we kept going, we kept going. And we finally blew that house down um, with, you know, three goals in the last 11 minutes or whatever it was, uh, 12 minutes. Um, but I do think that Spurs came out with a bit of a renewed sense of energy in that second half. Um, as much as maybe for the first half an hour or the first 25 minutes of the second half, we weren't um, getting the goals. I think we were creating the chances. You know, Sonny hit the post. Timo Werner was putting in some lovely crosses. And I would say there was a massive difference from Timo Werner from the first half to the second half. I thought in the first half, he, again, he was probably our most player that looked like a chance was going to come from. He was getting the ball. He was attacking his man. It's just his end product was pretty poor. But I think that changed in the second half where he was putting in good deliveries. Um, he got his goal as well. First goal for the football club and in that second half that was by far his best display in a Spurs shirt well the difference was he was trying to get to the byline in that second half um, as many times as possible whenever he got the ball in that first half he, he would pick up the ball and he kept like checking back he kept passing it back to a free player instead of really committing the defender and that was a big big difference I felt in that second half team over and I don't know if it was maybe it was instruction for Ange but it felt like in that second half, every time he got the ball, he was going down the line and he was asking different questions of the Palace defence and they struggled to deal with it. And yeah, I actually thought his delivery was pretty good. He set up a chance for Brendan Johnson who fired over the bar. He had that one that flashed across the face of goal, which, you know, if Brendan Johnson was on at that time, uh, maybe he'd be tap tapping it home yeah, in the I back post. I think Kulu's got to be doing better to try and get there though. Yeah, as I'm saying, yeah, he, he wasn't there at the back post. Um, and so he had a few moments like that, obviously. And then he then he got his goal. And he also had another shot, which uh, uh, Sam Johnson, he forced to save out Sam Johnson as well in that second half. So much improved performance. But it was hairy because at nil-nil, having struggled to break down Palace, I know what first 15 minutes of the second half, we did all right. We hit the post. We had a few um, openings. But, you know, still at that point, it had been fairly difficult to break Palace and I actually felt at that point they were fairly comfortable at um, stifling us and then they get that free kick you know as they put um, as they on a counter gets fouled on the edge of the box uh, from Ben Tancor. stupid foul to give away from Rodrigo um, it's difficult to say because I think as they was going somewhere it's not like he wasn't in a dangerous position I think there were many men around him and I think he would have been stopped to be honest and I think it was a bit of bit reckless from Rodrigo but what what was yeah, but if he doesn't foul him and he goes and scores, you'd say, you will bring him down. You know yeah, I, mean? I, I get that. But I do think he would have been stopped. I mean, Van der Ven, I mean, Eze was dominating. I mean, Van der Ven was dominating everyone in um, in those areas of the pitch all day long. And I do think there were many more men around him where Ben Tancor probably didn't need to hack him at that point. And it was, uh, you know, Eze can put them in from there. 
Um, we've seen it time and time again. And what was what was Vicario doing with that wall uh, for the free kick? Yeah, um, I think Vicario has to take a bit of responsibility for that goal, to be honest, because I think they should have read what was going to happen because Palace clearly set up that second wall because they wanted to block Vicario's view. a clear view. shot. Just in that area, in that. Yeah, I mean, he they they set up a second wall. Usually, the teams do that because they they want to block the view of the goalkeeper um, because the the um, free kick taker is set to go the goalkeeper side. That's usually the indication. So he should have saw he should have seen that coming. And what was really disappointing is when Eze was stepping up, Vicario made a step to his right as if to be ready to for the ball to go over the wall, yeah. and then Eze did what. Vicario should be inspecting, which he went goal side. And Vicario, once he made one step to the right, he couldn't quite make it back um, on, to his side. So I thought it was a bit disappointing. If he would have stuck his position and would have realised that Eze is very likely to go his side, he probably would have stopped it. But he, he kind of jumped the gun a bit. And the wall was so far over to the left-hand side or the keeper's right-hand side. I didn't understand why it was so far over. It didn't need to be that far over. Because that's yeah, that's how it is. You, you That's how most goalkeepers uh, sell there well they put it over it was there. too far over though is what i'm saying they, they they should have shifted over a bit more to the right like there was a lot of like the the side of the goal like was being blocked not even like the whole of the left hand side of the goal it was okay. way too far over that wall way i have to, have to, have to look at that again i didn't i didn't notice that but um in but in terms of where the free kick went um, Vicario should I think look, look no, not taking anything away from Eze it was a brilliant strike was right in the corner um, really really good effort but if Vicario doesn't take that step over yeah. to the right hand side he saves it I think he saves it yeah it was in the corner but he should be saving it really I think he'll be disappointed in himself so at that point you know Eze's put them 1-0 up they, we struggled to break them down and it was looking very very difficult to see how Spurs were going to turn this around and how we were going to get back on top but luckily for us I think the uh um, arrival of Brennan Johnson was a big turning point in the game. Yeah, it was. Um, he changed the game completely. And I, I was saying to the guy next to me that I do feel like, I always felt like Spurs were going to score a goal. And once you get that one goal, it was very likely probably another goal was going to follow that. And that's exactly what did happen. Uh, Brennan Johnson came on straight away. He was uh, being very aggressive, attacking, um, attacking those spaces. Joachim Anderson didn't really know how to deal with him in that moment of time. I did think maybe he got a bit fortuitous, maybe to beat that second man. Um, but nonetheless, I think it was his endeavour that really got us um, in those moments, in those areas of the pitch. And um, a lovely ball in the back post of Timo Werner. Yeah, uh, it was a br brilliant work for him because you've got to remember Anderson has the ball in very little danger and, you know, Johnson's kind of chasing a lost cause and he's able to nick the ball off him, then get round him, then ride another challenge, maybe a bit fortunate to sleep, but if he doesn't go into that challenge full throttle, he doesn't uh, come away with it. And then he has the presence of mind to pick out um, uh, uh, Werner at the back post, right on cue and, and right on the spot as well. You know, perfect pass. And look, Johnson's shown he's adept to those pullbacks now. He's, he's done it a few times already for Spurs. And actually, to be fair to Johnson, um, that was, I mean, he got an assist for the second goal, for the third goal as well. So that's now six assists, three goals and six assists all of a sudden. So you look at his numbers, that's nine goal contributions uh, this season so far. Obviously, you still want it to be better, but he's starting to get them fairly regularly. And also, it's his uh, fifth goal contribution off the bench. So he's really uh, showing he, he's a very... Uh, um, effective bench option for us yeah. the fact i think he's got two goals and three assists off the bench so really really um 
effective when when he comes off the bench. And I thought he was really great um, um, in that second half, in the last uh, 15 minutes or so against Palace. I thought they struggled to deal with him. And I also felt like, uh, obviously, adding, putting Kulu in the centre again gave us that a bit more creativity, a bit more options, and uh, it was a lot harder for Palace to contain us. But it does beg the, beg the question. It's happened a few times now where we've started Kulu like on the right and obviously Bentancur or Saar next to Madison. And then it just, it seems to be the case more often than not that it's not going right. And is forced to put Kulu back in the center next to Madison. It's whoever, or Celso. It's whoever we start on the right hand side just doesn't, um, you know, kick on from the off. When mm. Brendan Johnson starts on the right, he plays poorly. When Kulu starts on the right, he plays poorly. I mean, I don't know what it is. I can't really put my finger on it. And then we make changes. And like you said, Brendan Johnson has been a brilliant option off the bench. It's just when he starts is it's kind of the issue, isn't it? Yeah, but we, we do see it. For me, like we do seem to look better when, when we have like kind of two kind of number 10 slash you know one two very attacking midfielders like a Madison next to like a Kulusevsky so I do wonder whether Ange will consider you know maybe not against Villa but maybe consider going forward in games like this like Palace he does start with two number 10s because it seems to be a pattern that we struggle to break the team down then he's forced to go in that direction and then we get a bit more joy and all of a sudden we look a lot more creative so maybe in these kind of games he has to have the foresight to maybe start with a bit more of an attacking lineup to really force the issue early on rather than wait till we're chasing the game. And then he has done it, it before, though, hasn't he? Like when we had all of the, those injuries, I think against Villa at home, he did it, didn't he? Kulisevsky, Giovanni, Lo Celso um, in the middle of the park. So maybe it's something he has to go back to. And you've got to remember in that game against Villa, we were at like our a creative and attacking best in those first 20, 25 minutes before uh, Ben Tankor went off. So there's definitely a case for it. Yeah, I felt like he did that because of um, our injuries, though. He didn't do it because that's how he wants... Well, he d- I haven't seen evidence he's done that because maybe that's how he wants to play. Albeit, I remember against City, he did start it like that. I think it was Lacelsa next to Kulusevsky, and then he changed it at half time. He brought Hoybier on, I remember. But I'm just thinking, I'm not saying in every game, I'm just thinking in games like this, you know, Palace at home where no, they're going to sit yeah. five, you maybe start with that. And, and I think that maybe, because he, he keeps having to go back to it. So you might, might as well, I think, maybe start with it if, that, if that's what uh, seems to be working against, against these teams. And then maybe against the better teams like the Villa, you can go, you know, had a, a Saar or Bentacle with a, who, a bit more box to box and a bit more steel. I just thought um, Crystal Palace were going to offer a lot more than what they did yesterday, especially with Eze on the breakaways and, and stuff like that. And I felt we, we stifled them so well so well and Mickey van de Ven and Kuti Romero mm. were brilliant um, the fullbacks as well from a defensive point of view Emerson and, and Adogi I thought both played really well mm. particularly Emerson I mean Emerson got um, Romero out of jail at, at a point in the first half um, with a lovely last gas challenge where Palace could have scored if he didn't put that challenge in so uh, for all the kind of uh, criticism that um, Emerson gets I think he put in a really good display yesterday albeit you know on the ball uh, progressing the ball up the up the field, you know what you're going to get with Emerson, and we saw that yesterday. But from a defensive standpoint, I thought that was our best defensive display in a long time. Yeah, much better than the uh, Wolves game, and I actually thought he felt he dealt with Eze fairly well uh, when there was opportunities for Eze to take him on. I thought he was up to the challenge, and actually he was uh, a bit involved. I mean, what well, not massively, but in the first goal, obviously he played that ball over the top looking for Johnson, which obviously forced a mistake out of uh, Anderson so a bit involved in that goal he was obviously he made a very good run in that first half which you know nearly led to a chance for Sonny to, to put us 1-0 up so 
much better than the Wolves game. Um, obviously, he still has his deficiency, deficiencies, but maybe, you know, you've got to, sometimes players like, you know, you've got to give him a bit of a break for the Wolves game because he's probably been so long since he's played and even started in that right-back position. You know, sometimes it takes a player uh, 90 minutes or so to get back into their rhythm. And he looked a lot more into his rhythm in this game, a lot more assured in possession. Um, still, obviously, not perfect. He's not Poro level or anything like that, but he was a lot more assured, a lot, lot less of like a liability than he was in that Wolves game where he was just you know losing the ball for fun and and was actually getting beaten quite easily defensively as well so that was really positive that he was able to step in and actually put in a pretty good display yeah and then we, we spoke about the Timo Werner goal uh, which was great and three minutes later Spurs are in the lead you know a lovely dinked uh, ball over the top from James Madison and Kuti Romero's there uh, to give the keeper no chance really with that header I thought brilliant header into the back post from Kuti Romero and that's what four goals this season for four Romero goals, yeah. can you remember a, a time a centre-back has scored four or more goals for Spurs because I can't I think potentially in Vertonghen's first season at Tottenham that's a long time ago 2012 you're talking about yeah 2012 that's probably the last time I can think of it did he even get four goals I remember he came in with a big reputation of that he scored a lot of goals I remember he scored a brace at Anfield yeah and I remember he scored that great goal against um I scored at Old Trafford and he scored that great goal against Swansea where he like mm. flicked it uh, where um, like Bale played it over the yeah, top yeah, yeah. so, maybe, so maybe, I think that was like four goals maybe there was a fifth one in there as well but I think since that season maybe Toby maybe one season as well he might have got three or four goals one season uh, apart from that yeah very rare and um, he's been really uh, stepping up and actually looking at the goal as well it was not an easy goal obviously uh, first of all the Madison um, lobbed assist was really fantastic pass. Like it had, he had to get that right because any more, a, a bit more power, and that's very easily going into the keeper's arms. A bit less power, and you know the defender very easily clears that. So it had to be really um, pinpoint to get it around Romero's head. But Romero had a lot to do it, even when it got to him, because there wasn't that much power on that pass from Madison as much as it was pinpoint. He had to really just glance it with perfection right into the corner. And you could see like Johnston was so close to it. Like any, um, if the, if the, if the, header wasn't right in the corner then Johnson Johnston uh, easily saves it so it was actually a really great glancing header from Romero did really well to get up early get up ahead of I think it was Joel Ward get up ahead of the defender and just glance it in and 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 you know what we've actually again it's a bit of a pattern with us at home when we score goals sometimes it does come in bunches mm. I remember a few times I remember Bournemouth at home Brentford uh, Brentford at home Everton at home um, and uh, so so a few yeah a few times it's like when we score one, we, we the, our tails get up and then we go and get another. So we're quite good at like capitalising on momentum, it seems like, at home when we're on top. Um, so that's that's something really positive. And obviously, uh, we took full advantage of that against uh, 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 yesterday. Yeah, and straight after the goal, we make those changes. Pat Mate Saar comes on, Hoybier comes on for Werner and for Madison. Um, and then a few minutes later, Hyungmin Son's bearing down on goal and you just had no doubt in your mind that he was going to miss that I mean unbelievable finish um, that's straight out the Heung-Min Son playbook he basically just showed Timo Werner how to do it basically because it was very similar chance to what Timo mm. Werner had in the first half but Werner made a bit of a cock up of it and uh, Heung-Min Son at his clinical best just slotted it into the bottom uh, right hand corner and um, it was great to see Sonny get back on the score sheet his first goal since uh, coming back from the Asia Cup yeah yeah it was essentially like the the same chance as Werner just and you saw just the confidence Sonny had Werner tried to do too much I think he thought the keeper was going to come out he was going to round him but 
the keeper didn't actually commit himself as much as he thought. Uh, but when Sonny looks at it, pretty much the same position, but he went to slot it home instead of you know, overcomplicating it, trying to round the keeper and all these different things. He just went to slot it home because he knows what a great finisher he is. So it definitely showed Werner what to do in that kind of situation. But you know, Sonny, when he gets there, as you say, he's the most clinical finisher there is. Um, and that's also the difference between having someone like him up front and Richarlison. Because I don't think in Richard, if Richarlison's in that same position, I think two things. One, Number one, I don't think he would, ha he would have had the pace to really get away from the defender like Son did. And number two, I don't know if he would have had the composure to finish like Son did in that kind of situation. If there's a reason why I think out of Richarlison's 10 goals, I think, apart from one, they've all been one-time finishes because he doesn't like to think about his finishes. And in fact, he didn't he have a similar one not so long ago against like Brighton where he went for a one-on-one -on -one a bit too much time and couldn't, couldn't finish it. So that's what something like someone like Son gives you um, when he plays at number nine. When, he, when he's getting in behind and he's got a chance of that nine times out of 10, he buries, buries it. Well, on the flip side, he you know he what he did struggle i felt to get the opportunities that maybe Richarlison would have had um in that number 9 position for those first time finishes which um you know i felt palace were able to stifle him when uh, we were kind of putting crosses in the box and trying to get him involved apart from when son came deep a bit he wasn't able to you know get on the end of any sort of cross in the box which would obviously that's what Richarlison gives you so there is a bit of give and take but it was nice to see son back in the front line to be back in the number nine i thought he had a pretty good game overall he did and um it was his ball that played uh Werner through in the first half which mm. was a lovely ball by the way it really was and i think that was pretty much the only kind of real good attacking bit of play from Sonny that we saw in that first half. But second half, I thought he came alive a lot more. That movement to create the space for Timo Werner for his goal, I thought was absolutely brilliant. Bit of genius from Jungmin Son. He hit the post as well. Um, so, you know, on another day, Sonny could have had more goals, uh, mm. to be honest. And I think that you saw the real value of him as uh, having number nine, especially when uh, Palace tucked up the pitch a little bit more. Not only is he there to run in behind, but he's there to play those balls through in behind as well. So I think um, I think it was a really good display from Hyung Min Son. And he's just like, when Richarlison's there, you need those instinctual finishes where you need to get in those right spaces at the right moment at the right time where Sonny, um, I think he can do he can do it all, to be honest, um, apart from maybe cross it in the box in the air and him to win the headers. That's the only thing that I think probably Richarlison has over him. I'm very much looking forward to see, I think obviously if Richarlison can't play next week, I'm much looking forward to see how Son gets gets with um, against that high line, that yeah. high line of Villa, especially if Longley is going to be starting because I think he's going to be licking his lips at that. And if you remember the game at the at Tottenham Stadium, I think didn't he score like a hat-trick of off side goals didn't he uh humans on mm. um so like a few of the times it was just an inch or two in it where he could have been in behind so i think having getting son that one game up front in in lieu to ne next week was going to be very important and it's going to be a massive massive game next week but yeah uh i think what was it now 13 goals uh in the league and six assists for sonny so and keeps up that astonishing um goal contributions that he's been having this season and I think he's been absolutely fantastic. So I'm, I'm enjoying it. And it was another great finish from him. And it sealed off the win really, really well. And I think, yeah, you after that, you seal the third goal and you come away feeling it was a really well-deserved victory and we played some really nice football at times. But I don't think you can forget the struggles we did have in the first 70 minutes. Not struggles in terms of 
I thought this yesterday was the first time we had real good control of a game for the first time. We've had games where we've had possession, but we've given away chances and we haven't been able to control the game, even with lots of possession. But yesterday was a bit different. We had lots of possession and yes, we didn't create that much, but at least we controlled the opposition, didn't give up too many chances, even though we did go one nil down. We weren't, we, we contained them really well. And then once uh, the pressure was too great for Palace, uh, the pressure told and we ended up getting the victory. So that was it was a lot better overall, I felt, than definitely the Wolves game. And even some home games we've won in previous uh, weeks, it was probably a better performance than those as well. And uh, let's hope we can build on that going uh, for the last uh, 12 but, games of the season. But you know, how many times have you seen like a team like Palace that set up the way they do uh, just stifle real top teams? They've done it to Man City so many times. Um, I'm pretty sure they've done it to Arsenal um, over the previous years as well. And what good teams do, they don't stop, they keep going and they finally find a way to break down that, that uh, barrier. And that's exactly what we did yesterday. So I don't think it was like um, a vintage Tottenham display by any stretch of the imagination, but it was pure domination. We got the job done and um, it was very much a deserved victory uh, for Tottenham yesterday. And I think it was probably when you're looking at the form Spurs are on, it's been our, it was our best display for a, for a while now. Um, yeah, probably our most complete display I would say probably since the Newcastle game, where, yeah. we, where we beat them 4-1. And that Newcastle game was when? December. It was, was early December. Yeah. So, so it's a while now. It's a while since we've had a game where we've just been on top. But it wasn't even, even yesterday wasn't exactly a comfortable victory because you have to still left, left it late. But obviously the first time we've won by two. And when was the last time we won by more than two? Last time we won by more than two or two was or more, sorry. Bournemouth. That was also three one, and that was also a close game. Yeah, that could have, you know, Bournemouth were well in that game. So, so before Bournemouth was Newcastle, yeah, uh, was Forest and Newcastle. So it's you know hasn't these uh, victories are not easy to come by, you know, unless they're very very tight. And this game was very tight, but luckily we still did with the third goal late on. But look, I'm happy. I'm happy with the performance. I'm happy with the football you played. I'm happy as well that Werner got his goal. Johnson's looking good again. Hopefully it gives them confidence. I think Werner needed that yesterday. Yeah. He needed that, especially after that miss in the first half because, you know, there were lots of groans and moans about Timo Werner in that first half from the fans. Um, you could hear it around the stadium. And for him to finally get that first goal, get that monkey off his back, um, as that because that first half, like we were sitting there being like, that is just classic team over. Well, after that yeah. miss, that's a, there was like a cliche Werner yeah. miss. It was like if you would uh picture in your mind what's like a standard Werner miss, it was probably exactly what it was in the first half. But you got to give credit to him, you know, dust himself off at half time, came out a much better player. I thought he was brilliant in that second half, mm. he really was, yeah. And that's what we need him to do regularly. We need him to be getting to the byline, getting those balls across the face to go and cause problems for the defenders because when he gets in that mode where. He's getting the ball, but he's not looking positive, and he's not getting his defender. He becomes a lot less of, lot less of an effective player, and you know, that's something he needs to work on. If he can put in those second half displays consistently for Tottenham from now until the end of the season, he makes he gives a question to ask to the hierarchy and to Ange Postecoglou if we want to keep him or not, mm. because then it becomes a real option to have Timo Werner. You know, for that kind of money coming off the bench, even starting in some games uh, when we've got injuries, because you still want to sign another one if uh, Timo Werner stays, but if he puts in performances like he has been prior to that, mm. you probably don't want to keep him. But, you know, if he can put those in consistently, it's a question. Yeah. And you've got to remember, 
he's only you know a few games into his Tottenham career it's not like he's been here a long time and like it's the first game he he's played with Sonny up front as well different dynamic I think that kind of helped and maybe it worked a bit as well in that second half so I'm excited to see where it goes with him um but I guess we have questions as to what we're going to do on the right I actually thought Kudosevsky had a pretty good second half as well I thought he created some good chances actually um in the second half but it's a decision that Ange has to do you know because Johnson came off the bench and did really well uh Kulu was setting up chances um, what does he do uh, going into next week? Who does he play? Who does he drop? It's a decision to make. Yeah. Um, another player I want to talk about is Eve Basuma. I thought it was a much better display from him mm. yesterday. Much, much better. Uh, more to the, definitely in the right direction for Eve. I thought um, from a defensive standpoint, he was flawless throughout the whole game. I don't think anything got past him. He was aggressive. He was winning the ball back time and time again. And I felt he even took it up a notch in the second half where he became a bit of a, that driving force, which we know he can be. Yeah, much more positive. Looked a lot more confident. There was a few moves that started because he was a bit more risk-taking rather than just playing it safe like he has been recently. Um, I do wonder why... He's played it a bit safer. I'm, I'm, I think cast my mind back to the City game, where obviously we're, we're drawing and he and he gives. He's trying to dribble all his way out of trouble and he gives that goal away. Ever since then, I feel like there's been a bit of fear in his game, like just in terms of Wait, the Man City, the Man, Man City, City goal away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where, yeah, when we where we could have lost three two, but luckily we got a late goal. I feel like ever since that moment. Um, like a bit of fear has come into his game. Mm. Like he doesn't try those risky Confidence things anymore. Confidence knocked him a bit, yeah. Yeah, it's like he wants to play it safe all the time. He's just playing it backwards. And maybe like he thought at that moment, oh, maybe I'm doing too much. I'm risking too much. But I think he's gone too much the other way now. I thought there was a bit more of that yesterday. Uh, riskier passes, maybe a bit more of a, a dribble when in a dangerous situation rather than just playing the safe option. Still not as much as we've seen previously. But um, yeah, maybe hopefully he starts to get back to taking a few more risks so i think that is what made him so effective is he, in the, in that first 10 games he was constantly taking risks and committing players and forcing them out of position and it made just created space for the likes of madison and sarah and whoever up front as well to 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 be more effective in the final third when when he's just playing it safe and playing everything in front of the opposition it's a lot more easier for them to track everyone else and control uh, what we're doing so i thought it was much better from basuma still not the best we've seen from him but it was a step in the right direction let's hope he can uh, really build on that yeah and we're going to need him now for these uh, you know last quarter of the season it's very good um, in my opinion that he's got got back to that kind of form now going in um, to these big stretch of games and another player that I want to mention that we have mentioned already but is Mickey van der Ven mm. you know um, what a performance it was from him he had a real physical battle on his hands with Mateta um, particularly in that first half and I felt like he came out on top every single time every mm. Every single time. I mean, the the pace he has, the strength he has, um, everything about him is ready-made for the Premier League. And you're seeing that week in, week out from Mickey van der Ven. And Mateta could get no spare change out of him whatsoever. Even when it looked like Mateta was going to win the battle, van der Ven just came back and absolutely bodied him. And I thought it was an unbelievable physical battle to watch from the stands. And um, an albeit a mighty, mighty, mighty performance from Mickey. Yeah, and I felt like there was even that moment, obviously, near the start of the game, I think it was, what, 10 minutes in, where they had their first kind of duel, and um, Van der Ven comes out on top, but obviously it looked like Mateta had injured him, or, you know, there was a very uh, uh, 
uh, it was a very strong challenge and Van der Ven stayed down. He was actually hobbling for about five minutes, wasn't he? And then he stayed down and we were like, oh God, has he injured him? We were fearing the worst uh, we at that were point where we were like, please Mickey, just get up. <laughs> but luckily for us, he was okay. He was able to continue and Mateta barely laid a glove, glove on him ever since. And I've seen Mateta, even against City, give him a lot of trouble. You know, he's a very physical presence. He, he sows a lot of chaos. He just gets forward and he hassles and harries and doesn't give you a moment's rest. But thanks to Van der Ven, um, uh, we were just able to deal with him and and very very comfortably, and he wasn't able to really trouble us that much. So Mickey was yet again um, so uh, crucial to uh, Spurs just stifling Crystal Palace and not allowing them to get up the pitch. And every time that duel seemed to happen, Van der Ven just came out on top and got Tottenham the possession back, and obviously that went a long way to winning us the game. So really expertly done by by Mickey and he's been so great recently ever since he's come back from that injury uh, it's been great the whole season to be honest and what a jewel we have it looks like yeah and in terms of Rodrigo Bentancourt I did fit, saw like flashes in there of like the old Bentancourt the silky touches and moves but they were few and far between I do feel like you're not seeing a a fully fit and a fully on form Rodrigo Bentancourt just yet. But you did see those flashes coming in yesterday, didn't you? Yeah, I don't think he did anything badly, except for obviously he gave away that free kick, which, uh, you know, people have criticised him for. Um, I thought he was looking decent. Um, sometimes it seems like he was trying to force the issue a bit too much with his passing. Could have kept it a bit simpler, but then that's what I want as well. I want him to take risks. Um, what I would say is when he was taken off uh, for Johnson on the hour mark, he looked quite sad when coming off the bench and I was looking over to him and he was and he went to sit down he had his head in his hands like that he was just a bit um uh he needed someone to console him because he just looked quite unhappy with his own performance and obviously he's quite self-aware about his performance not being at the level that it can be or should be um you know playing for this team and I feel for him because we know how good he is on his day and when he's at his very best he's one of the best in the league so um I still think he's like building himself up, maybe still building up that match fitness. Obviously, it was a bit, it was a big, big choice from um, Ange to play him over Saar, wasn't it? Because, well, Saar was carrying an injury, Ange said. Was he? Yeah. That, and apparently, yeah, we saw at the end of the game, he sat down a bit. And... Uh, Ange said uh, before the game that uh, Saar's been carrying a back injury since the AFCON and he's not been 100% when, even when he has been playing. So he decided to give him a bit, bit of a rest. Yes, yeah, okay, that makes more sense then. Um, so let's just hope Ben Tancor can try and get back to form I don't think yeah I, I don't think he was terrible yesterday I think he's definitely had worse performances like the game against them Brighton where he was giving it away constantly he wasn't I think that's his that best level. display since the Man United game probably but but you've got to remember most of the time he's been taken off early yeah. and even this game he got taken off yeah. early so I, I do I, but yeah I do wonder whether he's been taken off early because he's been playing terribly or because maybe he's still not quite match fit potentially. I, th I think uh, look you heard from Alistair Gold of what he said a few weeks ago didn't he that the Spurs medical team don't expect him to be fully fit until next season you won't see the best of Bentancourt till next season and that's going to be very frustrating for him uh, very frustrating for everyone um, but you know he, that's why I think you know he's very frustrated because he's getting the minutes on the pitch he's just not fully fit yet and he knows he's got so much more to give we know he's got so much more to give so I think it's just going to be a patience thing with Rio Bentancourt and um, the more minutes he gets is going to be the most valuable for him and we're going to see the best of him next season probably that's probably the situation yeah completely agree um, but look it was a really good to get three points yesterday the, um, it was just unfortunate that we did have to concede that free kick because Palace apart from that just didn't have any chance on goal Vicario I think that was the only shot he faced yesterday was the free kick 
Yeah, he had. He, he did force that get that one save from Ayub. He was offside, wasn't mm, he? So yeah, I think that doesn't really count. But apart from that, I don't remember any sort of chance Palace had. It's like the only chance that they had. So it was very, very annoying that with the one shot they do have, it does go in because we should have kept a clean sheet yesterday. Mm. That's that's the truth of it. And we haven't kept a clean sheet, I think, since what Nottingham Forest in December, which is crazy to think about. It was their only shot of that second half. Yeah, which but is one not not even on or off target, just one shot they had mad. from that free it's kick. It's mad. That that's how how dominate how fully dominated they were mm-hmm. throughout the game. And um, I haven't seen Spurs put in a, a dominate like a completely dominating performance like that in a while. Where from start to finish, you couldn't really see Palace do anything. To mm. be honest, and yes, it took Spurs a while to break them down, and you know it was quite frustrating at times to watch. But I always felt like Spurs were completely dominating here, and we were very unlucky to go in behind, and we got what we what we deserved right towards the end of the game. So it was a good performance. Hopefully, we can build on this performance now. And um, it doesn't get any easier with going to Villa Park next week. No, what a massive game. And it sets up nicely. Obviously, Villa got that last minute winner, which was a bit gutting. Looked like they were set to drop points away to Lewin, which would have been a massive boost for us. And could have, it could have meant if we win and went there and won, we go level on points with them, which would have been uh, really good. Wasn't that wasn't to be? We're still in a decent position, and it just means we kept pace with them. Uh, five points behind with a game in hand, so all to play for. Look, I think most the most important thing is we don't lose. If we can, if that gap goes to eight points, then you're starting to it's starting to look like a bit of a stretch. I think as long as it's at five points with the game in hand, you're still. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two year contracts, they said, "What the." F- are you talking about you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from thirty dollars a month to just fifteen dollars a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. Forty five dollars up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited, more than forty gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. All fancy your chances, especially. I know we got tough fixtures coming up, but so do Villa, and they got European football as well. Um, so look, I you think it's going to be a good race. Villa's next three away games, they go to West Ham, Man City, and Arsenal. That's, That's going to be difficult. Three away games. That's going to be, and even in our tough run, we do have tough games. We go to Newcastle away, Liverpool away, but at least Arsenal, City are at home. So, mm. you know, we are we are better at home than we are away. Maybe when we get the crowd behind us in, in these big games, you know, uh, maybe we can really give them a game. At least Villa, when they play these really tough games, a lot of them are away from home, so it's going to be difficult for them. And um, their home games in between there, they got Wolves, Brentford, and Bournemouth, mm. and I, none of those are like particularly that easy. You know, Wolves, I think, will set up exactly the way um, Villa will probably set up the exact way Wolves will probably want them to set up. And, uh, you know, if Neto's fit, I don't know, he went off at half time yesterday. I'm not sure what the situation is there. They'll be able to really hurt them on the counter-attack. So I think Villa are going into a really hard run of games now. Mm. So I think even if we do lose at Villa, yeah, it'll be a kick in the teeth. But I don't think it's a foregone conclusion if, if we do lose. It's not a foregone conclusion, but eight points at this stage of the season is pretty significant, uh, even with even with, what, 13 games to go. Yeah, uh, but like I'm saying, with those games, uh, yeah, they, they, they still drop dropped. a lot of those games. Yeah, but they'll look at our games as well and think we can, we're easily going to drop. So 
it we just look i think eight points is a lead is a gap we don't want that's for of sure of course we don't we want it don't of want course it. we don't want it but i still think if we lose at villa park um there's still chances for us mm. to, to bring it back um i don't think if we lose at villa park and it goes eight points with a game in hand then um there's no um Ooh. overturning that no i agree but put it this way i i for i think right now we're still slight favorites for it even with the points cap i think if villa win it does go to them they will become favorites well we spoke to gary mavitt yesterday after the game and he said there's no chance Villa keep this up for the rest yeah. of the season he's like they're 100% dropping yeah. so believe in Gary Mabbott and then Watkins went and scored a second yeah. after. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but look that is our match review yesterday a very a good performance at times at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium yesterday full domination in a 3-1 win let's go on to our player ratings and start off with Big Vic Sim gives him a 7 I gave him a 6 I'm only had to contend with uh, one shot on the day and he did let it in I thought it was a bit of poor goalkeeping from Vicario as well to let that in and apart from that he didn't really have anything to do uh, for the whole game so unfortunately I had to give him a six yeah to be fair I didn't really consider he was probably um, more uh, quite at fault for the goal uh, especially with how that look, I think it was so obvious how the Palace was setting up that free kick that they were going to go goalkeeper side so he should have been ready for that and I'm not sure why he wasn't um, I think they made it pretty clear that's what they were going to do and the fact they he let it in and took a step to his right is very disappointing so he does deserve a bit of criticism for that. Um, I'll, in my mind, I was thinking about that save he made from Ayu, which was a really brilliant save, but it was actually offside, so it wouldn't have counted anyway, but it was a really good one-handed save off Ayu. Uh, but other than that, he conceded his only shot actually on target, so maybe didn't quite deserve a, a seven. But I don't, look, obviously he didn't have that much to do, did he? No, nothing. Mm. Literally nothing apart from the free kick. Uh, moving on to Emerson Royale. Sim gives him a seven. I gave him a seven. Much better from Emerson, in my opinion, um, after the Wolves game, which I thought he was really poor. He responded to that and he came out a lot um, more confident, uh, especially in defence yesterday. I thought that in the first half, he got Romero out of uh, jail massively uh, when, when Romero was caught out of space. And I thought throughout the game, he just defended spot on. I don't. I think he was defensively flawless. It's just like on the ball progress. Uh, Progressing the ball up the pitch, I think uh, you you know what you're going to get with Emerson, and it's not very good, albeit he did have his hand in the first goal. Yeah, really, uh, really improved from Emerson. I thought he was shocking last week against Wolves, or uh, two weeks ago, sorry, against Wolves, where he was constantly giving the ball away and being a real liability. But he definitely sharpened up in this game. He was a lot better in the build-up play, a lot better at linking the play, play when he was just keeping it simple. Like We know that's what Emerson is good at, when he just keeps things simple, make sure you know his passes are finding a teammate and keeps the ball progressing. It was actually, he got forward a few times, didn't really, wasn't really effective when he got forward, but at least, you know, when he, if you make those runs, you just make the opposition thing that's what he did a, a few times and as you said defensively I thought he had Eze under control that was really really positive and uh, a few times some of his defensive work did get us on the front foot for some attack so much improved from Emerson in, in this one big Mickey van der Ven up next him gives him an eight I gave him a nine again I thought this guy was absolutely defensively flawless yesterday a big battle on his hands against Mateta it was really physical both these players going at it um, especially in the first half and I thought van der Ven came out on top every single time um, every time it looked like Palace could be in behind or could uh, spring an attack on us he was there to mop up the pieces as he is pretty much every game and uh, what a player and what a performance mm. and considering in that first half he was hobbling quite badly 
badly and he had to wait, went down injured and it looked like maybe his, his day was going to end early. The fact that he recovered from that and went on to dominate Mateta and not give Palace a sniff was super impressive. Another outstanding display from Mickey van der Ven in that role of just mopping up anything that goes over the top and that's what makes him such a, a, an effective defender in the way we play in the transition because if ever we do lose the ball and they do have a long ball over the top, you just know, you just have that safety blanket of van der Ven, just know he's going to mop up anything that goes over the top and he's so effective of that. I thought he he had uh, Mateta in his pocket by and large. And Mateta, you know, is a, can be a very difficult customer and, and on occasion he, you know, tried his best to kind of get some spare change out of uh, van der Ven, but nothing was doing. Top, top display yet again. Mm. Cuti Romero up next. Nines all round for Cuti. Uh, another very good display from Romero. And this centre-back pairing is just um, growing week on week. I thought both of them just didn't have any, uh, nothing got past them throughout the whole day. Apart from that one slip-up that he did make in the first half, which I mentioned that Emerson was there to mop up for him. I thought it was uh, amazing. Like He didn't put in those kind of... Um, ground jewels that we saw time and time again from Romero but what he did was his aerial jewels and I mm. felt like he was winning the ball back time and time again in the air which is not maybe something that you associate with Romero to do week in week out and it's usually on the floor where he's super aggressive and he keeps winning the ball back but the way he was getting us up the pitch how, the way he uh, found himself in the box to finish off that header as well from the Madison looping um, through ball so yeah brilliant display yeah, and I, yeah, I thought it was a top display. Uh, as you said, I thought Van der Ven had uh, Mateta on lockdown and I thought it freed up Romero a bit to like, you know, get forward and uh, try and help out uh, the attacking side of the team. And obviously he ended up getting the winning goal uh, late in the game, which I'm not sure what he, why he found, I'm trying to remember why he found himself in, in that position. Because it, was it from a corner and he stayed up? I don't remember. Or he just some, he just found I, himself there. I think he was just doing his usual Romero <laughs> he just, madness. Like, sometimes, yeah, he sometimes does that, doesn't he? He just wanders into the penalty area occasionally and uh, um, it's not the first first time actually it's paid off because I remember I think it was against Brighton a couple of years ago where he wandered into the penalty area and I think a shot deflected off him and, and we ended up scoring I think we see it at least two or three times a game just he just ends up uh, in the box for no apparent maybe reason maybe that can be a, a tactical when we look at if we're obviously we don't have Richardson available and we're looking to kind of whip uh, get get someone on the end of a cross from, from uh, a high cross who's looking to win a header maybe having Romero in the box occasionally will, will help out with that and it was a really great header as well it was, it was a proper striker's finish it was actually very similar to um, Darwin Nunes' goal mm. against uh, uh, on the same day against Last, uh, Forrest. Yeah. yeah, literally carbon copy, and it sh that shows kind of how difficult and how impressive that header was from from uh, Cuti Romero. R a really well guided, great glancing header into the corner, and I thought defensively um, he did everything pretty perfectly apart from that one moment. So a really top display, and now the highest scoring centre back in the league at the moment. Apparently, so is that right? Is Gabriel not got more goals than him? Well, apparently he has four. Which I, mean, I think I think it's probably level, Gabriel. So I thought I thought Gabriel got his fifth the other week, but maybe I'm wrong. Uh, that's what I read on Twitter. Maybe Twitter is wrong. Okay. Maybe it's high scoring for Tottenham, but I don't think why would that be a thing. So Gabriel might only be on four. I might be wrong. I on think that, but... I think um, one of Gabriel's goals was given an own goal potentially. Ah, so we're getting in through the back door. Exactly. <laughs> um, but everyone goes on about Gabriel being like, oh, what a goal scoring centre back. He, he scores so many goals, and no one talks about Romero like that. 
which is uh, interesting when they're on similar well, goals. You, remember that goal we scored against Burnley, you know, it's not just headers he scores, he has that the quality, you know, to mm. score from range as well. <laughs> that was so. a brilliant goal, yeah. But that was uh, kind of the odd one out though, wasn't it? It was. <laughs> um, Destiny Doggy, Sim gives him a seven, I gave him a six. I thought defensively nothing got past him throughout the day. He was making those lung-busting runs up the pitch, uh, which I like to see. But what kind of frustrated me from a Doggy was his passing on the day. I thought it did let him down from time to time, maybe rushing it or maybe even sometimes taking um, a bit too far, a bit hesitant in the past. But apart from that, uh, I thought he put in a good display. Yeah, it was decent. Definitely not his best. We know that for sure. We, he's definitely put in better displays, uh, Destiny. But um, I thought there was a few times where he was committing the Palace players with his lung-bursting runs, and that, that was pretty decent. But um, I, 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 for some reason, he doesn't get the, so there's occasions where he gets the ball forward and he doesn't get the ball to Werner quick enough and then all of a sudden the chance is gone for him to get isolated with his fullback it's definitely something that I've noticed with um, Old Doggy and it's something that he needs to probably work on, I would say. Um, but I thought another good display from him yesterday, pretty consistent yet again. Um, not his best, but he was decent. Yeah. Eve Basuma, Sim gives him a seven. I gave him an eight. I was delighted with Basuma's performance on the most part yesterday. Just not because it's uh, the best Basuma display we've seen, but it's just been a lot better than what we have been seeing in, in previous weeks, uh, especially after those two sending offs and that... Um, that uh, mistake at Man City. I think this is his best display since then, uh, to be honest. And I think defensively, nothing got past him. I thought he was so dominating in the middle of the park. Um, and as well, uh, in the second half, he grew with confidence. You saw that confidence grow in him and he started to drive with the ball and be that driving force that we know he can be, which we've been missing from him for so long now. So hopefully he can grow on that performance. Yeah, I thought he looked more confident, taking a, bit, a few more risks with his passing as well, which is very important when you want to you know, break down a very stubborn and team like Palace that you have someone uh, more willing to you know uh, commit a bit of risk to the play and uh, risk drawing them out to kind of hit them uh, uh, in behind and I think he was doing that a bit more with his passing which was which was positive I thought obviously defensively very very strong as he usually is um, and there's definitely a step in the right direction for Basuma still not his very best but uh, definitely a better display than recently. Rodrigo Bentancur up next, sixes all round from him. Um, it was better, but still not great uh, from Rodrigo Bentancur, definitely by his um, high standards that he has set himself since uh, joining Tottenham Hotspur. I did think like in the second half, there was a few flashes of the brilliance that we know that Bentancur can bring, but they were a bit too and few and far between. And um, I think at the end of the day, it was a bit lackluster from Bentancur, but I think it still was a step in the right direction. Gave the free kick away that did set Palace off on the way to go 1-0 up. But um, I guess it was positive because it was better than what we have seen in previous weeks. Yeah, but even, you know, Bentecourt himself, you can see he was unhappy with his own performance. Looked a bit despondent when he went off the pitch and looked really unhappy. So I've, I do feel for him that maybe he just feels like he can't do right at the moment what, what he what he used to do or definitely at the standard that he used to do, which is a real shame, to be honest. But it definitely wasn't a terrible display by any means. He wasn't, you know, maybe that liability we've seen um, past few weeks where he was giving the ball away in some silly positions and putting Spurs under pressure. Definitely not on that standard. Still not the very best but he seems to be growing um, and hopefully the more game time he can have the better he'll become but he's still not quite there yet yeah and in terms of James Madison sevens all round for Madders um, again another step in the right direction for Madison I felt like he was so aggressive he was winning the ball back time and time again uh, winning duels 
and um, that assist he had was absolutely brilliant. Mm. Um, over the top, looped pass straight into the path of um, of Kuti Romero, who obviously slotted it home. And I think um, Madison was the one dictating the tempo of the play. He was the one trying to pick the lock, and I think he finally did that. So credit to him. Yeah, really, really good uh, from Madders. I think he's actually, I for one think he's been pretty decent since he's come back from injury. I don't think he's put in any bad displays per se, apart from maybe the Wolves game. Um, I don't think he's been bad, but um, obviously when he sets such a high standard as he did in those first 10 games, uh, he hasn't quite, again, hit that kind of height. But I thought it was a really great assist for um, our, our second goal, for Romero's goal. Brilliant lobbed, uh, lobbed cross into him and had to be pinpoint that because I was quite, that would have been very easy to misjudge and I thought he was buzzing around so, so much he was getting on the ball he was causing Palace problems again I, as I say with um, uh, Madison quite a bit I, 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 we, we know just how effective he can be you know when t- getting shots in front of goal and taking and um, his finishing ability is so good so when he when he doesn't get himself into enough shooting positions I always feel like you know come on you, you've got such a great shot you've got to be getting into more positions where you're making use of that so that's one of the things again I would say about uh, him in this game but I thought um, you know it's no surprise that he was the one who uh, found the winner all for you know found a bit bit of magic to get us in in the lead yeah it was always going to come from him and i love the way that he just drops deep and does things that you don't associate with a madison uh to do um where he just he wins every duel he pr- pretty much goes into and um he's a very aggressive player which we need in that in those areas of the pitch next up is timo verna eights all round for timo best display in the spurs shirt first half i think uh the whole of the Spurs stadium were very frustrated with him. He goes through on goal, one on one from the halfway line, tries to take it past the keeper and just fluffs his lines a little bit. Um, but in the first half, I did feel like he was probably um, the attacker that was going to make something happen out of everyone. Um, he was trying to get, he saw a lot of the ball on that left hand side. He was trying to attack the spaces just with little quality. But that changed massively in the second half where he was attacking those spaces, but with quality. He was beating his man. He was getting good crosses in the box. He got his first goal for Tottenham. So you got to give him credit. Hope Hopefully we see more of the same of what we saw in that second half. Yeah, I would say this was definitely the performance where he's been like most involved. Even games where he's maybe got assists uh, for us previously, it's kind of been in like kind of moments of the game and not maybe a proper um, performance where he's really involved in all our attacking play. And I thought he definitely was in this game. Even in the, obviously he had our best chance in the first half where he went for on goal. And that's also what he can bring with, with that pace he has in behind. Um, if you, uh, what, what I like about Werner, the what difference between him and say someone like uh, Brendan Johnson, like he or he likes that ball um, in behind, likes to run onto it, and and he has that pace to get away from defenders. Obviously, he's finishing still needs needs a lot to be desired, but um, that kind of chance that that we got from that transition, you know, maybe doesn't happen if Werner was on the pitch, so he can bring that to us. And I thought he was very much a threat. Uh, but still quite frustrating that first half. But as you say, second half really came into his own. Uh, Muna's uh, really struggled to deal with him on that on that right-hand side. He was getting to the byline time and time again. He set up a chance for Brendan Johnson. He had another chance that flashed across the face of goal, which uh, no one was arriving at the back post to, to slot in. He then had a shot saved by uh, Sam Johnston, which uh, was parried away. And then, obviously, he got his goal at the back post himself, which was you know really important for a player like him to be arriving at the back post from across from Johnson that's exactly what Ange wants from his uh, wingers and he played it to perfection so really really positive display and uh, I really hope he, he carries on this kind of form going into next game 
it was just a nice step in the right direction to see him get some shots on target. Mm. Was it like his first shots on target? Yeah, literally. Yeah, probably. Yeah, you're probably right about that. <laughs> and two in the same game. So uh, big up, Timo. Next up is Dejan Kulisevsky. We've got uh, conflicting ratings here. Sin's given an eight. I've given a six. And I think for the first hour, I was very frustrated with uh, Dejan Kulisevsky. I don't think he was impacting the play too much. I think when you're trying to break down a stubborn Crystal Palace side, you need Deki's creativity to really uh, try and do that. And I think he failed to do it for the most part but I do feel like that he improved once he moved into the middle and Brendan Johnson moved out to the right we saw a couple of chances coming from him I think it was two key passes on the day but I, I, I still was a bit frustrated with Decky. I thought he played pretty well um, especially in that second half I thought um, especially before we scored it looked like if we were going to create something um, it, lo- it was looking like it was going to come from Decky. obviously he set up that re- a really good pass for uh, Human Son to hit the post and he also set up the chance which uh, led to Werner forcing his head out of Johnson as well so he was starting to really influence the game did move into the centre and I thought um, you know him linking up with Madison was, was really positive as well um, I thought he had a pretty strong second half showing to be honest Decky. Uh, obviously first half was a bit anonymous like most of our team but um i was really i was pretty happy with the second half performance so i gave him an eight wow i think an eight is a bit of a stretch for for kulu yesterday i really do maybe but, a seven maybe yeah. a seven would be fair i don't i think it was better than a six <laughs> uh moving on to hyung min son eight all round for sonny boy uh lovely pass in the first half wasn't it to uh set timo Werner on his way um and that's all he really that's all we really saw from him in the first half to be honest but second half I felt he really came alive his movement was absolutely top notch uh, got the goal as well showed Timo Werner how to do it and um, I thought it was just a really really strong display in the second half and he was just like doing that captain's example wasn't he just leading by example and spurring the team on to go and win the game yeah and I thought it was really great to see him back in the number nine position as I say I do think right now that is his best position on the football pitch uh when i when i look at sonny and i think he played it a, a pretty good game that pass for ferner to play play him in one-on-one was brilliant on his left on his left foot first time sweeping pass right into his path and that could have created a chance obviously he did create a chance could have created a goal um obviously he hit the post in that first half as well with a really great finish in the second half sorry with a really great side foot first time finish which was uh inches away from making it 1-1 he then set up another chance i think it was for 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 team over Werner and um, obviously ended up getting his goal which was not easy you know you're running through you got a lot of time to think about it but you know Son the composure he has he's always going to slot it home and he did it so confidently and so accomplishedly um, it was a really really great finish and I think it capped off what was actually a really great display uh, from him and Son back in the striker position so very happy with him. The only sub we're going to rate is Brennan Johnson. Sim gives him an eight, I gave him a nine. And I thought the game completely changed when he came on, um, which is massive credit to Brennan, massive ch- uh, credit to Ange as well for the way he changed it. Um, he just started attacking those expa- uh, those spaces like Kulisevsky wasn't doing for pretty much the majority of the game. Um, he completely uh, rinsed uh, Joachim Anderson and then the next defender as well, which I thought he got a bit of luck with, but he got the ball at the end of it to match, uh, which was a lovely ball to the back post. Got another assist as well, um, where it was actually an under rated pass uh for the for that goal so brendan johnson two assists coming on for the last half an hour i think you can't really ask for much more to be honest and mm. six assists in his uh, spurs career so far this season uh, which is the same as uh, someone like martin odegaard who's uh, considered as a serial assister yeah and um he's showing being very adept to coming off the bench doesn't he being a super sub does seem to impact games a lot better when he when he does uh, play that kind of role and obviously you know if he if it wasn't for him 
uh, tackling Anderson, chasing that lost ball, getting uh, taking it around him, and then obviously getting that assist. I don't know. I don't even know if he would have scored. You know, if, if, he, if that moment didn't happen. So he t- has to get so much credit for forcing the issue and and dragging us uh, level in that game at such an important moment because. Look, at that point, whatever you want to say about our dominance, Palace, you know, had kept us at bay and we didn't look like we were going to score until that happened. So massive credit to Brennan. I thought he came on and really impacted the game and showed what showed his worth. And as you say, those goal contributions are starting to get a bit more regular and, you know, sit three goals and six assists. That's not terrible numbers. It really isn't for a player of his age at this stage of the season. So... Let's hope he can he can build on some of this momentum he has. But I do wonder whether Ange will start considering him a super sub now or whether he'll start some more games. Yeah, I do still feel like I would start Kulisevsky in the next... But having said that, against um, the high line of Aston Villa, it could be a massive threat to have Brennan Johnson on from the start. But the only thing is, is that Brennan, whenever he starts the game, he always puts in lacklustre displays. So he mm. needs to find out a way how to impact games when he is starting because I, I haven't... I failed to see that just yet. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Um, moving on, finishing off with Ange Postacoglu. Seb gives him a seven. I gave him an eight. And on hindsight... You know, well, Sim said it before the game, but hindsight, I feel like, you know, he probably should have gone with the two attacking players in the middle of the park and maybe um, maybe a Kulisevsky and a Madison together or maybe even a Lo Celso and a Madison and stick Kulisevsky out wide like he did. Um, but, you know, I can see the value as well, giving Bentancor more minutes in the legs because he definitely needs it. You can see he needs it. So I can see both sides of the argument. We did fail to really hurt them in the first half and the, and the early stages of the second half. And then once Ange did change it and bring Brennan on, he made the changes to impact the game and to change the game and to get us the three points. So um, I think it was much better in terms of Spurs display, much more dominating. I think, was it in the late 70s percent of possession? Um, it was complete control. Uh, so you've got to give Ange credit for that but we just got to figure out a way how to uh, score in the first half essentially because we haven't done that in so long yeah it's Bournemouth yeah it's it's, it's it's a strange one and I'm not sure why I, d- I don't know whether maybe it's since Bournemouth we've been playing a lot of t- teams who do play five at the back and defensive in that sense and, and like to counter-attack us like in general um, or it's just a case of uh, we're just not on our game right now or is, is it game state Madison was saying you know after the game how these teams do, you know, the reason we get so many late goals is because these teams always try and block us and try and stifle us and they can only do it for so long when at the end we do tend to break them down late on and it's very tiring for them to keep it up. So maybe that's just part of it. They can stifle us for only for so long and then, uh, you know, the way we play football eventually uh, breaks that door down. Um, but I think obviously, again, and second half, another improvement which goes to show to me that whatever he's saying to him at half time he usually does um get them going again and he does have an impact and also his substitutions i've criticized him in previous weeks where his substitutions were negatively negatively impacted the game for example the brighton game where you know we just got with some momentum and then he makes a triple substitution and that momentum kind of got it's funny out. though that brighton game because like yes you're right in what you're saying they didn't negatively impact the course of the game but then the subs combined yeah. to score the goals it's also true uh, but you know Johnson came on at the perfect time and impacted the game really positively ended up getting us uh, over the line with the win of, with him uh, making an impact so I thought the subs did well I thought we overall we played well we controlled the game it was a lot more controlled than we've seen in previous weeks so pretty happy with him um, but yeah as you say I do wonder whether in the future in these kind of games where we know we're going to come up against a team that's just going to look to stifle us it might be worth in these kind of games starting with an extra attacking midfielder and instead of always it seems though 
the pattern in these games are we 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 struggle to break the team down and then in the 60th minute we we bring on uh brennan johnson and put kulu in the center and have two attacking midfielders and all of a sudden we look a lot more creative and all of a sudden we look like um we're going to break break that door down so maybe i'd like to see Ange maybe in the future instead of going to that kind of thing for a last resort maybe start with it in these kind of games and see how it goes from there but um look great win and uh, yeah uh did manage the game really well in the end and in terms of what you're talking about starting the game like that our next home game is luton so yep. it could be the perfect opportunity to do I'll, that i would say so uh, but that is our player ratings. Let us know if you agree in the comment section. Let us know your ratings in the comments as well. As we're going to move on to the five takeaways and see what five things we can take away from the 3-1 win against Crystal Palace yesterday. And the first takeaway that we've got is that Werner threat. Werner yeah. threat. And I thought yesterday um, was definitely his most... Um, kind of involved display from an attacking point of view he was really at the center of a lot of things when it came to um you know chances created and obviously getting the goal he had four shots three on target which is more than he's had in any other spurs game uh two key passes and two dribbles and obviously was able to get his first goal for tottenham as well uh, at a crucial time where we really really needed him to to turn up obviously that makes it now i think one goal and three assists in six premier league uh appearances for timo Werner. so um, look, I don't think he's set the world alight since he's been here, but he's definitely um, added something to the attack, which uh, we're better off for having, uh, especially with injuries that we've had. So um, really great display. Definitely his best display, probably in a Tottenham shirt. Would have liked to have him to, you know, maybe get that goal earlier. If, they, if he does score that goal in the first half, it's probably a different game, isn't it? Mm. So he has to make sure if he get those opportunities, he takes them. But um, I think in terms of his overall attacking display, it was the most involved we've seen him um, in the front line compared to some other games where he's maybe been on the periphery. Yeah, and for someone that's been heavily criticised by myself, by the whole fan base, to be honest, the majority of games that he has played for Tottenham, to have four goal contributions in six games is nothing to be sniffed at, you know. Mm. Um, this is what we need going forward. We need players to step up and provide those goal contributions week in, week out. And even if he isn't, you know, playing amazingly in um, like the Timo that we saw at Leipzig three, four years, years ago he's impacting games and particularly this one I think in the second half he was absolutely brilliant he was unplayable at times in that second half like even um that that ball that he put in that just went through everyone when I mean, Kulisevsky should have attacked the back post that was right on the money and those are the kind of balls that that Ange Postacoglu wants to see put in the box time and time again and if he can do that on a consistent basis I have no doubt in my mind goals will come from it regularly mm. so I'm very happy with Timo's performance yesterday and even in the first half when he wasn't playing well he looked a threat um, even though like at the end of his uh, runs your um, his uh, quality was fairly poor but he absolutely changed that in the second half so I can't give him enough credit for that second half display definitely his best performance in the Spurs shirt in that second half but we move on to number two and that is Johnson as the super sub yeah and uh, Johnson came off the bench to get that assist yesterday or two assists actually he got um, yeah, off the bench yesterday uh, and that means that he that's now five goal contributions off the bench for, for Brendan Johnson um, since joining Spurs and in fact out, so out of his nine goal contributions in total five have come from the bench so only four have come from starting so he's got more goal contributions off the bench than from starting so yeah. maybe that tells you what his role maybe should be for the time being uh, at the moment because he does seem to be more effective when coming off the bench obviously he did come on and really change the game and it was a really really positive impact but is, is that the role we should be seeing for him at the moment is he a super sub 
at think? the moment, yeah, at the moment, because that's where he's earning his money right now and where we've seen him start games and he's failed to have the impact which we know um, he's having from off uh, the bench. And, you know, with the attributes that he does have, you know, very quick player, it's a valuable coming for him coming on against tired legs. And I think that's what we're seeing at the moment. Mm. And yeah, and I think he's making a really big impact. And it's not just those runs to the back post. You know, the hassling and harrying of Anderson yesterday really forced that, that, that equaliser. And it was really, really positive. So... Um, yeah, I do. I do wonder if he's a super sub. I, d- I doubt he'll want to see himself as a super sub, but clearly, right now, that's uh, that's where his best work's coming from. Yeah, but you know, he's a young player, um, just starting off at Tottenham. So I think I don't think he'll be disappointed that he's a super sub. I think he's um, he knows he's learning and he's growing within the team and within the game. So it's it will only stand him in good stead, won't it? And I think with Brennan Johnson, when we signed him for fifty million, I don't think we signed him to be a star of the show every week, starting week in week out. Kulisevsky had that spot down to, on his own on the right wing. So I think uh, he needs to earn his stripes, and he's doing that from the bench. So long may it continue. And then when he starts, he needs to grab those opportunities because he's not doing that right now. Mm. And hopefully, um, if he does start on the right wing at some point, that he will start to earn that spot because he's got the attributes that can really um, hurt teams when they play, especially a high line against us with that pace in behind. So I want to see him use that, use the tools that he does have when he starts. But it's great seeing it off the bench as well. Mm, Third takeaway we've got is a slow start again. Yeah, and uh, for some reason at home, there, there's we have a bit of a problem at the moment where uh, we first halves we don't seem to become flying out of the blocks. We seem to struggle to break teams down, and actually, more often than not, recently at home we've been conceding the first goal. And actually, yesterday um, made it six consecutive home games where we have not scored in the first half and also no. six consecutive home games where we have uh, conceded the first goal. Oh, sorry, not six. It was also uh, 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 four consecutive home games, uh, three consecutive home games, sorry, that we've conceded the first goal uh, at home. Um, so we're def- there definitely is a problem. And it's a weird, a weird one because this, this stretch has followed a seven a stretch of seven consecutive games where we scored the first goal and not only did we score the first goal we scored them all in the first half mm. as well so we it's like the script is completely flipped we were weren't from a team where we used to take the lead early and and lose it which we did a few times to now a team which we keep conceding the first goal and keep uh, having to uh, get back in the game and claw it back, which we have been doing recently. Um, so it's a bit of a weird one for Andrew to figure out why that's completely switched and why we've gone from a team who used to score first and now we concede first. Um, but um, for, for, for now six consecutive home games, we haven't scored in the first half of a Premier League game. So uh, it's a bit, of a bit of a strange one. Or sorry, it's in all competitions because I'm including the City and uh, Burnley FA Cup games in that as well. I do think it's a bit of a circumstance of teams maybe working out how to play against an Ange system. Uh, maybe you know s- trying to play with two banks of however many defenders and midfielders there are, stifle us, try and make it as difficult as they can for us to really um, hurt them and then try and spring on us in the counter-attack. So I think it's a circumstance of that. But what's positive about it is that apart from the Wolves game aside, we're figuring ways around it and we're uh, being able to work around that in the second half and come on really strong. So I do think Ange needs to work out how to start these games a lot stronger and to start creating chances off the off. But I think it's a positive sign that we're working things out during the game as well. Mm, definitely. Um, in the fourth takeaway, we have got Romero, goal scorer. Yeah, and Romero obviously got the 
um, put us in the lead yesterday with a really deft header to put us 2-1 in the lead. And that was actually his fourth goal of the season. And uh, apparently that no Premier League defender has scored more goals now than Cruti Romero in, uh, this season. Obviously, that follows goals from against Brentford, against West Ham, and against um, Burnley. Burnley. Uh, was, uh, obviously, three headers, and uh, the Burnley one was just a really great strike from 25 yards. And that's maybe showing uh, he can be more as much of a goal threat as he is a really great defender. And um, for all the talk of other centre-backs who you know get on the score sheet a lot, uh, no defender has now scored more than goals than Cruti Romero, so really impressive. Yeah, the, the top goal-scoring centre-backs are Gabriel Romero on four and Lewis Dunk on three. Um, so yeah, look, credit to Kuti because he never gets these kind of uh, props. No one talks about him as like a goal scoring centre back. And like, even when he's not scoring, he's always a threat in those areas of the pitch. Like how many times have we seen him just pop up in those areas and mm. maybe not get the goal he deserved from uh, from the risk that he takes? And not only that, but the way he can kind of just charge up the pitch at any moment. I think um, Romero has been such a valuable asset for us this season. And yeah, he can leave us a bit exposed at the back from time and time again. We saw it in the first half against Palace where Romero had to, uh, when Emerson had to get him out of trouble. But I think it will work a lot more in our favour than it does hurt us. Yeah, I agree. Um, and then fifth and final takeaway is keeping pace with Aston Villa. Yeah, and despite our victory, we closed, we temporarily closed the gap to Villa on to two points. And it did look like yesterday they were going to drop points and uh, leave it very much open next week at Villa Park. And after they gave up a 2-0 lead to Luton, but unfortunately for us, they did get a 90th minute winner through Luke Dean. So... As much as it was looked like we were going to close the gap, it just meant we did keep pace with Villa at the end of the day. But still, really important we did that. We couldn't afford for that lead to stretch going into the game next week. And it really does set up a really massive uh, fixture at Villa Park where a lot can be... Um, not decided, but a lot can be gained from that fixture. A bit of a six-pointer here uh, in the race for uh, top four. Obviously, it looked like United were coming back into it a bit. That win puts us six points clear of them um, with them playing the Manchester derby today. So if they lose that, they'll be six points clear with the game in hand. So maybe it looks like Man United starting to fall away yet again from the, from the top four race. But um, yeah, just at the moment, it looks like definitely between us and Villa and it's going to be a very, very tight uh, tight close call and you know what we absolutely owe Villa one this week next weekend we owe them one because they came to the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium earlier in the season they robbed us mm. they absolutely robbed us blind we should have been 3-4-0 up within the first half an hour of that game and we weren't clinical enough um, I think you mentioned it earlier in the stream that Sonny had about three goals um, offside that day and Ben Tancor was absolutely insane in his first game back from the ACL and he goes off injured with Matty Cash and you know we owe Villa one this weekend so I really hope we go there and put in um, a top display and go and beat them because um we all left that stadium feeling like god we should have won that game mm. yeah. so uh look it's a massive game i don't think it's the be and on end all uh, for the season in terms of getting top four but it, I, I think we we we've got enough quality to go in there and win especially with their high line with the players that we have sonny potentially playing through the nine albeit richarlison said he could be back for the, for the game next week uh which will be uh quite a turn of events seeing as Ange said he'll be out for three to four weeks um but look, let's go there and win next weekend. We've got it within us. We've Man, got it in our locker. Man, yeah, I'd won there a few weeks ago. So and they were two 0 down. They won three two, didn't they? No, that was at home. But they oh, won. That was the home game. Yeah, they won at Villa Park. McTominay scored oh, that late yeah. winner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So 
I mean, if they can do it, there's no reason why we can't go there and win. Exactly. Uh, they're not the uh, unbeatable force that uh, maybe uh, they look like to be at the beginning of the season. Mm, especially That's for at sure. home, yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, that is the five takeaways. Those are the five things that we did take away from the game yesterday. If we have missed anything out or you thought there was something that you took away from the game that we haven't spoken about, let us know in the comments section.